0: topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitian's Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu.
1: Welcome to episode 68 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today we're talking about natural solutions to support your immune system. You are hearing us at the end of January or early February here, and although it doesn't get super cold in Texas, This is the time of the year that cold and flu is peaking. So today we're gonna get into all things immune health, the foundations of how the immune system works, and natural tips and tricks to keep your immune system on par. So hey, Becky, how you doing?
2: Hey, Allie, I'm good, how are you?
1: Good, good, and welcome to those of you YouTube uh, followers. If you guys are tuning in, this is our first time doing this as a video and audio podcast. So, Hopefully, we'll be fun. We'll try to be more animated, make some action for those to be watching at home. And Becky and I got out of our pajamas just for you. So
2: at you least know. from like here down.
1: I may be wearing <laughs>
2: slippers. It's true. Yeah, no, I am too. <laughs> true confession. Yes. Okay, so let's jump right in then, Allie, and let's talk to listeners about how, what the immune system actually is and how it functions in our body. Sure. So the immune system I like to
1: think of as the surveillance system essentially of the body. So it's our natural defense mechanisms that are supposed to protect the body and organs and healthy tissues from foreign invaders. So these could be things like pathogenic bacteria, these could be viruses, these could be parasites and or even abnormal malformed tissue like we start to see with the onset of cancer. So it's the immune system's job to identify and detect something abnormal and then call in to guard all of the natural defense mechanisms.
2: Okay. And then let's talk about what the key players are of the immune yeah. immune system. So we've heard of like white blood cells, but let's elaborate on that.
1: Sure. So without getting too, too nerdy, there are innate um, responses and chemical responses to the immune system. So our innate systems include our barriers. So our barriers could actually be like, for instance, your skin is a barrier. So that protects us from exposure. Um, we also have barriers along our mucosal lining. So this is what lines our interior lining of our gut. When we're talking about like leaky gut that barrier lining gets damaged. Uh, We also have barriers within our respiratory tract, in our ear, nose, and throat area. And so the first kind of innate line of defense is structural and that's based on a barrier, blocking exposure basically. There's also innate elements of chemical regulation which is like our hydrochloric acid or natural juices in our stomach which are supposed to stay so acidic that they reduce The ability of bad bacteria to get in an overgrown state. So there's an acidity regulation on a chemical level. Also, there's a different acidity in our saliva, which is our first place to kind of protect against foodborne illness and such Uh, we have biological influences within this innate immune regulation, which is our bacteria on a favorable, like our commensal or probiotic flora. And those can be natural defenders against foreign invaders. Um, they can also help to break down foods to be more, um, less foreign or less abrasive. So they help to break down digestive elements. Um, and then we also can look at Uh, inflammatory processes as elements of our immune system so this is where we pull in our chemical warfare our cytokines prostaglandins interleukins and these are all the kind of chemical warfare of the immune cells when we need to accelerate tissue repair or we need to we've already identified the foreign invader and we need to eradicate or remove it so we can get an influence of chemical warfare if the body doesn't like exposure to a certain pollen And that can drive more inflammatory response in the ear, nose, and throat area. And then the white blood cells, as a part of their mechanism, will create mucus, phlegm. And what that does is that kind of gathers the antigen or the foreign compound and helps to remove it by sneezing, by blowing our nose, by coughing up that fun gunk. Um, And all of that's mediated by our innate system paired with the chemical inflammatory system.
2: Got it. Okay. And even beyond an allergen, you know, thinking of environmental foods as well would trigger that inflammatory response too.
1: For sure, and then that's the part of the adaptive. So there's the innate, and then the adaptive works with the antigen expression, and so that's where our immune system, our our T cells and B cells, so whether we're working from the thymus or the bone marrow, they play a role in um, releasing these inflammatory cytokines, and they play a role in identifying what is friend and foe. So that's where maybe living in a certain environment for a period of time, your immune system may adapt and be less reactive or based on your stress response, you may have increased adaptive immunity and um, all of that can play a huge role on your immune state as well.
2: Okay, awesome. And then, so what happens when the immune system isn't functioning and we're not getting all of these functions that we just talked about?
1: Yeah, so we can go in overreactivity or underreactivity. So, stress definitely is a big Achilles heel that hits the immune system. And when the immune system is on overdrive, uh, we go into autoimmune disease states. And um, we can also see within that chronic inflammatory processes because we're overreacting at a pin drop and all of those interleukins and cytokines and inflammatory compounds are just being bucketed out of the body. So, in a hyperreactive mode, We can see chronic inflammation. We can see autoimmune disease. And so within autoimmune disease can be multiple sclerosis, lupus, Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis. Uh, So we can see a whole multitude of different disease states there, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and all of that would be in the autoimmune. And then the other end of the immune system influence with imbalanced activity can be hyporeactivity, or basically the surveillance system has shut Down, And so that's where we would see onset of things or higher risk for things like cancer. Um, This is also where we'd be more susceptible to cold flu viruses. And when someone's dealing with an autoimmune disease and they're using a biologic or an immunosuppressant drug, that's why the side effects are so strong in cancer and immune susceptibility because they're basically shutting down that surveillance system. And we're not necessarily looking at those malformed cells cells or those uh, foreign invaders, which otherwise the immune system would be reacting to.
2: Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So today with our focus on boosting the immune system, I want to talk about what it means to actually have that go a little deeper into having that compromised immune function or higher susceptibility to things like cold and flu. Um, So let's talk about what can drive or compromise the immune system in the first place, and then how we can greater support or boost it.
1: Okay, so the first thing we would look at is our HPA axis, which is our hypothalamus pituitary adrenal, and that is our body stress mechanism. And (laughs) I mean, what episode are we on? We're on episode 68, and I swear to you guys listening that we've talked about the HPA axis on 60 of the 68 episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't know, something like that. Um, I mean, stress is for so many people, the Achilles heel. And remember with stress, we get cortisol surges. So what's interesting is after high cortisol, we get a cortisol drop or a plateau. And this is like that fly on the wall. So often when I'm talking to clients and I'm assessing their HPA access, one of my questions will be, do you often get run down? Do you get cold or flu every season? And for people that have adrenal fatigue, often their answer is yes. And often they're like, oh yes, I travel so much for work. I'm constantly dealing with bronchitis, upper respiratory infections. And what's interesting is one of the go-to drugs to deal with that is fluconazole or a, a, a nasal in, a steroid inhaler um, because they're trying to compensate for that low baseline cortisol because cortisol has natural anti-inflammatory and has an influence with the immunological system. So when stress is off, and especially in the state of adrenal fatigue, we are highly susceptible to um, flu, virus, cold, and just uh, immune distress. So that's the first place. And, you know, if you're looking as a listener, if you're like, ah, that's me, you may consider looking into our uh, stress support bundle, which has the adrenal support, the adaptogen boost, and the calm and clear to help to regulate your body's stress stress Reactivity so that you don't get in such a depleted state. So that's one kind of first line of defense. And, you know, digging deeper, maybe looking into a cortisol assessment or something. Another thing we'd want to look at is sleep. A lot of research supports that individuals that get less than eight hours of sleep a night are um, susceptible to virus, cold, and flu. So we get a lot of immunological rebound. Uh, We get a lot of process of autophagy, where the immune system can actually uh, eat away at the dysfunctional parts of cells and recycle the working parts. So a lot of that cleanup happens in the sleeping time and also it happens during a fasting time so you may consider intermittent fasting actually during a time of illness and this is what we see with animals um well and people like stella right now is cutting her eye teeth so she's not eating as much it's an intuitive survival mechanism her body's dealing with a lot of inflammation and um, it kind of takes a break from the nourishing at that time
2: it's so interesting and it's like yeah listen to your body and maybe bone broth or just tea and fluids for up to 16 24 hours even when we're dealing with something yeah
1: it's counter it's counterintuitive because people think oh what should i be eating to improve my system Mm -hmm. and really it's it's on the forefront the prevention is up regulating your system yes we will talk about food as medicine tools for the immune system today But, considering intermittent fasting can really help the body to not be stressed from the fed state and allow itself to do the the cleanup of the mess per se, so that can be a big tool for sure. Um, Micronutritional deficiency, we'll talk about some trends in particular, so some minerals such as zinc, uh, B vitamins, and antioxidants that definitely play a, a high trend with being more susceptible. And then your exposure is really the final thing. So being exposed on either end of the spectrum, either being exposed to someone that has um, a virus or pathogen. Um, So traveling, um, we always see this with kids in daycare, for instance, they're in that like Petri dish of, Uh (laughs) teachers get sick a lot Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum being over sterilized being exposed to antibiotics being exposed um, and to things that sterilize the microbiome can also
2: suppress your immune function Oh my gosh, my first year as a preschool teacher, I have never been sicker in my life. Ear infections, strep throat, pink eye. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) Are adults even (laughs) supposed to get this? (laughs) They're not. Definitely not. Um, Okay. So one of the first lines of defense for cold, flu, ear infection, often we see antibiotics, whether they're prescribed with cause or not. Um, And I know this has been one you've been really focused on avoiding as much as Possible with Stella. So let's talk about the influence of antibiotics.
1: Yeah, yeah. So an- ear, nose, and throat, and ear infections in general, are the number one cause of prescribed uh, antibiotics in youth, um, especially in the first two years of age. And the concern of that is that there's strong trend of dermatological issues. There's an increase of eczema at six times increased rate with use of antibiotics before age two, and that's even just a single dosage. And these are statistics pulled from the CDC, the Center of Disease Control. So there's an upregulation of asthma by four times and then allergies by three times. So antibiotics, we really want to try to avoid as much as possible, and um, usually an ear infection is first started with a viral um, infection in the upper respiratory tract. And then the estation, I believe it is, tubes, I'm not sure if that's pronounced correctly, but it's the estation tubes get really swollen and fluid gets trapped in the middle of the ear that cannot drain. And so ear infections can have varied degrees of severity Remembering that they start as a viral influence, which antibiotics would not help with, but often that fluid in the ear can become bacterially mediated, which then the antibiotic would be uh, warranted as needed. But, you know, really the first line of defense is trying to avoid that in the first place.
2: Sure. And so how would we prevent ear infections or or what are some, some guidelines for avoiding
1: So one of the first ones that I'm pretty staunch about is avoiding all dairy and all grains until the child has fully cut their molars. And um, that's because there's different pressure in the ear, nose, and throat canal when we're working through the teething process. And so cutting the molars usually is around 18 months, somewhere between 14 to to 20 months, really. Um, But so as they're cutting those molars, that shifts pressure, um, which can play a role with those ear canals. And the issue with dairy is that it is mucus forming. And so that is going to cause a little bit more phlegm and buildup. And there is trends with cow's milk allergy and recurrent otis media, which is recurrent ear infections. Um, We've seen that in clinical research as well. So just being preemptive and keeping out cow's milk is a big benefit. And then grains because the epithelial lining, the lining of the gut junctions is said to not be completely matured until also about 18 to 24 months. So trying to keep out grains means that we're gonna focus on getting more um, intact tight junctions of the gut without any of those influencers on the zonulin protein like the, the gluten that we would find um, having an influence causing a little bit of less junction closure which can cause more immune reactivity, more inflammation, and then that would suppress the immune system being able to work on an antiviral influence. So it's sometimes when we're talking about the immune system, it's allowing all of our focus on the external mediator and trying to limit those exposures as we can on the forefront. So keeping dairy out and keeping grains out can be very beneficial for both the ear, nose, and throat influence, as well as um, helping with gut integrity and reducing inflammatory response
2: in the body. And okay, so trying um, not to distract the immune system. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. That's kind of the gut focus. And then dairy, if you allowed your kid to have dairy already, pulling dairy out during the first onset of any gunk um, is going to be really helpful. Adults too, actually, for sure. I mean, I I definitely recommend, although yogurt can be a good probiotic rich food, I definitely recommend pulling out dairy. And with that being said, just to clarify on kiddos and babies, especially breast milk is highly recommended. So breast milk is not dairy. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, um, lactation and whatnot, um, human derived, And so in breast milk, actually, When BABE, especially, is directly breastfeeding, it can help with prevention of ear infections based on the deep sucking um, that happens. It really helps to clear in that area, which is why when we're flying, if you're breastfeeding, that's the best time to pop BABE on when we're going up and down with the pressure in the head because that swallowing and, you know, adults we might, try to kind of yawn or open Cheap our
2: gum up. is like the recommendation. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. That makes it's sense. The same mechanism. So when babe is, is breastfeeding, they're actually sucking and that helps to alleviate some of the pressure, which moves some of the uh, block up and build, build up Um, and then also breast milk has active immunoglobulins which is why you know it really is nature's perfect food it has active immunoglobulins which help to support the immune system activity and then it also has HMOs human milk oligosaccharides which are natural barrier defenders and help to feed good bacteria activity so breastfeeding would be a very positive thing and then probiotics within that um, for for babe all the way up till age two I really like the ultraflora baby and I'll put a link of that in the show notes. I use that regardless of illness, so not just preventative, but just ongoing to support healthy immune function. And then I go to the uh, Metagenics Chewable um, Ultraflora Children. And then for adults, I recommend our Naturally Nourished Baseline um, Restore Baseline Probiotic, which is a 15, 15 billion colony forming unit Probiotic that has a 50 50 blend of lacto and bifido. So that's a good baseline. And then if you get hit with an immune bug, I would definitely recommend ramping up to the targeted strength, which is 60 billion units, the same distribution. So if you're waiting to order that, you could also just take four capsules of the baseline and you'd be getting the same thing. It's just a better price point to get the targeted strength if you know you need more probiotic support on a regular basis.
2: Okay. And I'll make sure that we link to. All of these products in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so beyond removing dairy and grains, and you know avoidance of those, um, and the use of a good probiotic, what about managing fluid intake and um, yeah. managing kind of that fluid buildup in general?
1: Yeah. So the big thing that we look at is. Maintaining lymphatic flow when we're looking at ear, nose and throat concerns So this as I'm speaking to still ear infections because of the high prescribed antibiotics And that's something I really want mamas to listen to but adults too if we're talking about um, you know, when, when we get um, Inflammation in the ear nose and throat area even during like cedar pollen that's really bad right now We can get swollen lymph nodes in the throat area um, And so that's all a sign of that distress so warm compress can be very helpful Uh, shower or steam um, can be very helpful massage to help lymphatic tissue so like massaging temples rubbing in the back of the neck um, rubbing in that uh, throat area really helps to circulate the lymphatic tissue and then uh, ensuring uh, electrolyte balance and optimal hydration status so drinking water Bone broth is a fabulous tool during this time because it's going to have potassium, sodium. Um, You're also going to be getting in a lot of N-acetylcysteine, which is what actually works um, as an expectorant to break up mucus and phlegm and drives increased natural killer cell productivity, which actually is your immune system's defense mechanism so bone broth would be a fabulous thing that you could work into your child's diet as an adult you can sip on six to eight ounces um, we work it into now Stella's sippy cups and she does pretty well with it when she is off of it or has a, a little um sometimes she goes on those defiant food things we will um at those times try to incorporate it into like a casserole or something like that and it works really well
2: Sure. And then like a steam shower, you said with essential oils, any particular oils that you would recommend?
1: Yeah. So eucalyptus really helps with bronchial bronchial dilation. And that's what we think of like back in the day, like the Vicks Vapor Rub. Um, So that can definitely help. And then uh, thieves is another one. Um, And uh, as long as for for really quality um, inhalants, we just like to be very mindful of the big picture influence with children. So I don't like to recommend kids to directly use them as inhaling, Um, but like to dab in a hot bath on the shower wall um, would work really nicer as a passive um, diffuser in the room would be fine too.
2: Okay. Awesome. And then I know you have a couple more tools um, for both ear infection and flu prevention. So let's talk about those
1: so the Mullen garlic drops by herb farm are phenomenal um yes you will smell a little bit like pizza um <laughs> we, we're like we're laughing so hard because it it doesn't have oregano in it but it must be just the olive oil with the garlic that just it's nostalgic pulls that up um, but just um one to two drops per ear um so it has antiviral and antibacterial properties at both the olive oil and the um, mullein and the garlic. And so it can help with swelling and inflammation and pain, but it can also help with moving the stagnant fluid, which can help to prevent infection and actually fight off bacteria. So we actually do this pre preemptively anytime Stella flies like three okay. days prior and then when we arrive in our destination also again because you're just there's that pressure in the sinus area and then um, anytime we see her like pulling on her ear um, or any um, early onset it's a great tool and we've made it knock on wood 19 months without a full-blown ear infection she's had a couple <laughs> moderate um, or, or mild that we've had looked at And um, we've brought her back in for an advanced checkup and doing the uh, mullen and garlic oil drops two times a day has really helped five days in a row to kick it out. So we've been in good shape there. Um, The other thing for kind of comprehensive immune support, um, and the the garlic mullein drops are great for adults too. So even if it's not maybe an ear infection that you're prone towards, but it's an ear, nose, and throat, remember that that's one of the best deliveries to get into that area. So dropping those into your ears, again, twice a day, five days in a row on a higher onset, um, or like once a day for a preventative measure would work really nicely. And then the other thing I love is the elderberry syrup by Gaia and um, it's interesting. I was talking to a client about another brand. I won't brand bash, but another brand of lozenges and they have a bunch of other products and, and their elderberry as well. And we looked at the the um, dosage and it was 12.5 milligrams. <laughs> well, one teaspoon of the elderberry syrup by Gaia is um, 1.9 grams or 1,900 milligrams. So it's a big difference. <laughs> like- <laughs> Well, this is 1900. I was like, so there is clinical research showing actually the use of concentrated elderberry um, during a time of onset from incubation of exposure to different viruses and uh, even flu strain. Um, And it is very supportive of your natural immune system and can help with eradication when taken at an effective dosage. So we'll put a link in the show notes um, to one that's on our Amazon store and um, it's pretty widely available. Um, so there's dosage instructions actually on the bottle starting with uh, at years of under two years all the way through adult.
2: Okay. So you've used this with Stella and you and Brady use yeah. it as well?
1: Yeah. Okay. We use it um, also kind of pre-flying. It's been shown now. It's kind of the big wig taking over where echinacea used to have a big um, hit. I think it's right now the most clinically sound um, natural compound to help with cold and flu.
2: Awesome. I need
1: to pick up a bottle. And it of that. tastes delicious. <laughs> it's really good. I did. I was putting it in Stella's water bottle and we got in a little issue because she noticed it. And then she kept acting like I was poisoning her and would be like, nah, to all of her water. So <laughs> now I just say, we're going to take your elderberry and we just do it in a syringe, a, a half teaspoon. And she's fine with that. So okay. sometimes nope. it's better to not trick your
2: kids. <laughs> she's like I know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more now that we're on this topic of, um, food as medicine for immune support. So what other foods can we bring in?
1: So one of the big ones, like I mentioned, probiotics are key. So for those of us that aren't breastfeeding, like as the baby, which is all of us probably listening, um, unless those that are passive and can't control it, uh, we aren't gonna have access to breast milk. So the next best line of defense, and you know, like I said, yogurt and kefir can be great probiotics during the year when you don't have mucus, and if you tolerate cow's milk or dairy um, you can use you know sheep's kefir or goats milk kefir and things like that if you do better with different dairy proteins but um, if you have active cold and phlegm and upper respiratory gunk i recommend staying dairy free and using other probiotic cultured foods so we're talking about cultured vegetables pickled vegetables we're talking about also um, so this could be like pickled carrots it could be sauerkraut could be beet kvass. It could be Hat Creek has a bunch of different fun pickled stuff like Oprah. Uh, Farmhouse Cultures has some curried pickled cauliflower. So there's a bunch of brands now on the market. Um, and then there's even that Gut Shot by Farmhouse Cultures, um, which you can do like an ounce of it's glorified pickle juice, really. Um, and so these work really nice to help to inoculate the gut and to give the body those natural defenders on the immune system and also upregulate the um, removal of uh, bad bacteria and even um, viruses.
2: Awesome. So that baseline probiotic kind of is a first line of defense. And then if we are actively fighting something, you said to bump that one up?
1: Yeah. So as far as foods you know foods are great and then on top of that I would definitely take a probiotic a day I think a probiotic a day keeps the doctor away in so many different disease states and the restore baseline probiotic of ours is that 15 billion But if you know that this is a time of the year that you're susceptible, or especially if you had to go on an antibiotic, I definitely recommend after being on an antibiotic, following with the targeted strength and the spectrum. Because the targeted strength is again that four times density of the baseline. And then the spectrum has um, over 10 different strains. You're getting more of, as it sounds, a wide spectrum of support from that sterility factor of the antibiotic. So you would actually keep the um, baseline probiotic at bed while you take the antibiotic and then following the antibiotic you'd follow with the targeted strength and spectrum one and one at bed um, until those bottles are gone and then you could go back to the the baseline.
2: Awesome I think that's super helpful Um, and then what about let's go back and circle back on garlic as a food instead of just yeah, something we put in your
1: ear. ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So garlic is, uh, has been really discussed kind of since the plague days beyond keeping away vampires. Uh, they really, they have this compound called, it has this compound called allicin and, um, the allicinin is going to be, um, more bioavailable if it is exposed to oxygen. So when you're chopping your garlic, you actually wanna kind of start your recipe with that, allow it to hit oxygen for like 10, 15 minutes and that helps to activate the natural compounds that support your immune system, and they're these sulfur containing compounds that are going to be again antiviral, antibacterial, and antifungal, and also can influence parasitic activity in the body. So, garlic is great, and you know, most recipes start with sauteing garlic and onions, so you can always double that. Um, you can roast a whole ball of garlic. I like to do that during this time of the year where you just cut off the top, you can keep the um, papery skin intact cut off the top and put a good old slab of gold butter. And then um, you can wrap that in uh, parchment paper and put that on a uh, cookie sheet, pop that in the oven and you can roast that and then um, kind of squeeze out all that garlic. And that's a lot easier to puree into your bone broth or um, different, really any recipe mash into roasted vegetables. Um, mm. It's super tasty. You can also just mix it in with some ghee and then keep it stored and, and just use that as a topping on things. Um, eat it by the spoon Keep
2: <laughs> the vampires can. away too so
1: totally totally so roasted garlic is an awesome way to do that and then just adding cloves of garlic wherever you can um it's a great great way to get that food is medicine support
2: awesome we do the roasted garlic in our cauliflower mash this time of year just
1: Ooh. It so good yeah
2: it's awesome entire bulb of garlic in there.
1: Yeah. And we'll put that simple recipe in the show notes as well. And also over on the blog, um, we'll link to a blog I put out with supporting your immune system, which, which has a couple of these tips as well.
2: Awesome. And then let's go back to bone broth and talk about that a little bit more
1: sure so i think i talked about the fact that it's an expectorant so it breaks up mucus and phlegm and that's because it does um, have n-acetylcysteine in it which is a precursor to glutathione the granddaddy antioxidant um, bone broth also has uh, glutamine and glycine so glutamine is the amino acid that is a fuel source and building block to help to Steal our gut, so that's where it's so popular. Popular with like autoimmune diet protocol and um, helping with preventing food sensitivity and food reactions. So um, getting that glutamine in the bone broth paired with gelatin and collagen kind of further accelerates that. It's like a facelift for the gut. Um, and then gelatin and collagen also supports hair, skin, nails, connective tissue, joint pain. Uh, so really is a big therapeutic. But the fact that the saltiness Um, paired with that liquid expectorant for cold, um, flu, and viral, and then has the ability to upregulate our white blood cell response and our natural killers is going to be a really big way to really support the immune system.
2: Awesome. And then we could add extra, like you said, onions, garlic to support as well.
1: Yeah, totally. And um, you can then, right during the process of making mm-hmm. the bone broth, for sure, because you're adding in scraps, so you can get more of that allicin. But then you can even puree in on the aftermath after you've strained your bone broth and add more of those compounds, for sure.
2: Sure. Um, and then what about um, organic herbal teas and things yeah. like that?
1: So tea, um, some of the antioxidants and polyphenols seen in the actual tea leaf, so the EGCGs, which we've talked about to boost metabolism and help with fat burn, they also have anti-cancer or cancer-fighting compounds. Um, we've seen that they can actually inhibit viral influence of replication. So if we're talking about someone that has like HPV and is looking at prevention of cervical cancer, any viral activity, herpes, whatnot, green tea is one of the best things that you can consider Consume two to three cups a day of to help to support your viral influence in the body and then that would also tie in this influence with um, cold and flu season of course also having that antioxidant support and antiviral support and um, there is um, an influence also that with the warm beverage that that helps as an expectorant to thin out and break up mucus and get things flowing um, and if you're looking at in the evening um, the green tea is going to have the highest amount of L-theanine, which is also why matcha kind of got so popular. Matcha is that powdered green tea, but L-theanine helps our uh, REM cycles of sleep. It also helps the alpha wave of wavelength of the brain, which is concentration, focus, creative thought place, uh, stress relaxation. So modulating the stress response, like we talked about in the beginning, stress can drive imbalance of the immune system. So that helps a lot as well. But in the evening time, if you don't want caffeinated form, you may consider an herbal tea and um, you could do an antioxidant rich ribose or a citrus tea. Um, and then I'm trying to think, are there any other big ones you can think of for immune? I mean, chamomile can help with sleep. Mm-hmm,
2: for sure. There's a lot of ginger and turmeric blends and things s- like that.
1: And yeah, then there's okay. like astrologus, mm-hmm. um, if you can find astrologus roots, ginseng. Well, ginseng would be a little bit of an excitatory food, yeah. it would be good. But astrologus would be fine in the evening. Um, and that would be also a supporter. Rose hips are really good, vitamin C. Yeah. So a lot of those blends also would support the immune system for varied reasons.
2: Awesome. And then I'll link a matcha recipe in the show notes just in case some of our listeners haven't tried matcha yet.
1: Okay. Um.
2: Okay. What about master tonic? I know Let's it's just, like wait, one of my like,
1: favorite. Maybe you should. Yeah, how about you talk about the master tonic, Becky? Because you <laughs> have the goggles
2: to prove. <laughs> I sure do. So disclaimer: um, if you make this recipe, I highly recommend wearing protective onion chopping goggles or protective eye gear or sunglasses or something because it is so full of those sulfur-containing compounds. So it's what garlic, onion. Horseradish, ginger. I think we add the oregano,
1: spiciest peppers. And then, would be fun. Yeah,
2: the spiciest peppers that you could find, like a full cup of those, um, and either chop by hand, which will take you a really long time, or you can do it in your food processor. But that like noxious gas that you get when you open the food processor could, I think, it could kill a horse. So. <laughs> So you
1: blend all that up into a puree, and then you soak it with the Bragg's apple cider vinegar, which has the mother. So the Bragg's apple cider vinegar is going to have the probiotic in there already. So we get those positive Saccharomyces strains. And you allow it to ferment uh, for about 7 to 10 days, upwards of 14 days. And then you strain it all off. And um, at that time, that liquid you can keep in the fridge and take like an ounce a day. Um, it's going to be very bitey, very volatile, um, but it has a lot of antifungal, antiviral, antiparasitic, antibacterial fighters. And it definitely works as an expectorant. It gets the juices flowing for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. I've given this one as a gift because friends hear me like never getting sick or if I get sick, it lasts for a day. And Yeah. Them a jar of this, I'm like, please proceed with caution. <laughs> not, not a joke, but it's we, good stuff.
1: Yeah, we did it in a immune supporting cooking class that Bucky and I taught. Oh yeah, and it was just always a fun to like cheers to your health, and then like watch the aftermath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, one other note I was gonna say is when you strain off the liquid, you can use. I've been known to freeze some of that. Um, I can't think of the, there's a term from herbal medicine making that I can't think of, but whatever's left, um, there's a term it's not coming, but anyway, the stuff that you strain off, you don't have to discard that vegetable and herbal matter. You can actually use that in like stir fries. You can freeze it in chunks. Um, so it can be a fun thing to use culinarily as well.
2: Yeah. We froze ours last time. You're reminding me that I still have it in there. You
1: know <laughs> like it.
2: An Indian dish, I'm thinking, or even totally. to make it kind of a different twist on a pot roast,
1: Pure it in your bone broth with some ghee. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and then let's just talk about like full coverage, basic support um, in terms of
1: supplements or tools? yeah, supplements.
2: Okay. So. Um,
1: The first place I would start with is making sure, are you taking a good quality multivitamin? So I'm a big proponent of our multi-defense because it has uh, bioavailable methylated Bs. So it has your methylfolate, your methylcobalamin. It has also um, bioavailable chelated minerals, and then it has phyto compounds. So you're going to get your plant-based antioxidant synergy with all of um, a good balance of vitamins, minerals and it is very easy to absorb so without iron would be for most people for women that are actively menstruating they would do the with iron even during the non-menstruating days just to help with their reserves of loss of blood um, and so the multi-defense i'd recommend is a, a a baseline formula to support your immune system and give you that insurance policy um, for micronutritional deficiencies and then if you're having issues with sleep I mentioned, you know, first that that stress support um, as a tool that could work really nicely, um, which is the adrenal support, the adaptogen boost, and the calm and clear. So that's one way to adjust your stress access, that HPA access. But if you feel that you're not under stress and you're just having sleep issues, you may consider our sleep support, which has a blend of nervines, which are um, herbs that help us to relax. So it has lemon balm, it has skull cap, it has valerian, and then it has three um, milligrams of melatonin in there as well, which also helps with depth of sleep. So sleep support may be a tool also to consider to keep you out of the woods as far as um, immune support. Those are both preemptive things, stress support pack, the multivitamin and the sleep support all as tools to consider.
2: Awesome. And then, Let's go over a few more remedies for things like cough, stuffy nose. So if we're not successful with prevention, we do get sick, what can we do about it? Let's start with a cough.
1: Okay. So for a cough, my favorite thing is um, a zippy toddy. And so classically, a toddy um, is an alcoholic beverage, but you do not have to add alcohol to this. Um, And it really depends on if your throat hurts and it's short term, you might consider actually adding alcohol to it because it does have that analgesic kind of numbing influence. So that could be choose your own adventure. But um, it's the juice of one to two full lemons. Um, And then we're incorporating in there ginger. And um, that's gonna also act as an expectorant to thin down mucus. And um, that kind of kick and bite of ginger um, can also help to uh, support the immune system. And then we add in coconut oil to that and blend that up and the coconut oil has monolaurin, lauric acid, a lot of um, also antibacterial and antifungal and antiviral um, drivers, and this is a warm beverage. So you kind of froth it up almost like a keto coffee or keto tea. Um, It's just ginger, lemon, and coconut oil and water. And then again, you could determine in the evening if you're looking to also kind of help with sleep. You might throw in an ounce of um, bourbon or rye whiskey, and um, that can help also, um, like I said, has a little bit of numbing influence and... um, maybe relaxation. Um, You can gargle for a cough or mucus also um, sea salt, and you could add with that a little bit of apple cider vinegar to try to get that probiotic into the ear, nose, and throat activity area. Um, Also for a cough, I'd consider those garlic mullein drops. Even though it seems non-related, it's definitely in that upper area of the immune system. Essential oils, so eucalyptus we mentioned, even lavender, thyme, the thieves, Dabbing them in your shower when the uh, bronchioles are dilated with that steam and really deeply inhaling is going to be key to um, get a breakdown of mucus and, and um, the breakdown of the phlegm buildup. And then another thing that you can try, and I can put a link to, which is a supplement, is called Ginger Tussin. It's by Designs for Health. I like to keep that on hand in my household as a good natural remedy, and um, it's just a really concentrated um, syrup with uh, ginger, uh, so they're taking on the kind of Robitussin coughing, and um, ginger has some antispasmodic as well, so it helps to reduce, just like it's an anti-emetic, anti-nausea, it has antispasmodic, so if you're having <laughs> a lot of that coughing going on, it can help to soothe and, and cool that out.
2: Awesome, and then what about a stuffy nose?
1: So stuffy nose would also lead with the garlic mullein drops. But the next thing I would think too would be um, neti pot. Um, So neti pot, you can use just saline or um, a sea salt solution. You can also um, mix a little bit of colloidal silver in that. Um, usually like 10 parts per million is what we're looking at as far as, um, using as, um, the neti pot, basically you work with gravity and it's supposed to go through one nostril out the other. Um, and that helps to clear, um, any buildup. And so colloidal silver would support on a antiviral and antibacterial level also within the uh, movement of the warm water and, um, the sea salt just kind of works as a saline. And then, um, another thing you could try with, that is uh, half of a probiotic capsule. So taking the restore baseline probiotic and putting half of that in a nutty pot, I wouldn't use that with the silver because you're kind of working against each other, mm-hmm. but either, or, um, would be fine to consider. We actually even do that with like a candida cleanse. If people get, um, a lot of wax in their ears or a lot of, um, that movement where we're battling bacteria and fungus, we can often get um, a translocation or a relocation of that bacteria to other areas in the biome. And so that can be a preemptive support as well. Um, another thing as far as stuffy nose would be essential oils. Uh, so same recommendations, you could add peppermint to the list, rosemary, and you'd be doing them more as like a warm towel as a direct inhalant to kind of break up in the nasal pack- pathways. Um, So, all those would work really well, and even a sea salt nose spray could be considered too. Um, And then bone broth for all of these things, of course, I would say, bar none, and the probiotics, like foundational, right?
2: Awesome. And then, um, what about additional supports for cold and flu or just general? immune support. Let's give a few more. So I'd be
1: bringing in that shot a day, the master tonic yeah. for sure. Um, I would look at upping your, your vitamin C intake upwards of three grams a day or up to bowel tolerance. So I like to look at a buffered version of a vitamin C, which is going to be less um, bowel stimulating and also more bioavailable. Um, we can put a link to one of those in the show notes. And, um, so three to five grams a day would be within reason. I like, there's a buffered sea powder by Thorne, which has, I think it's 2.35. That's just my freakish memory. I think it's 2.35 grams per scoop. You could do like two scoops a day of that would be really appropriate. Um, adding, like we said, garlic and onions to everything, um, would be helpful. I also like a, uh, favorable mushroom formula by Metagenics called Immucor. And um, Immucor has a little bit of selenium, vitamin C, but it also has a blend of like the reishi mushroom, the gamma derma, cordyceps, and a good synergy of immunological defenders from the mycelium family. And so that's another thing you could bring in um, as an addition to the probiotics and um, the bone broth.
2: Awesome. Um, so this is all so, so helpful. I know I've got a few more items I need to stock in my own pantry. <laughs> our immune systems need a little support this year. Um, so thank you so much, Allie, for shedding light on the immune system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hope that there's some, and, and you know, you can really have fun while you do it. Like we said, try to make the master tonic and now while you're listening, cause cold and flu season lasts through March, you guys. So get on it, have some fun with it. And, um, you know, think of ways that you can actively add. Hopefully every episode you guys listen to, there's a little bit of clinical pearl that you can add to your artillery and tool belt to use food as medicine to support your body, your immune system, and your entire household. So thanks for listening. And if you guys have a moment, um, if you're joining us on YouTube for the first time, leave us a comment. Um, Also, um, feel free to feel free. We'd love you to share this video on your Facebook page, on your Pinterest, um, as an email to any friends and family you think would find benefit. And those of you listening on the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review with a couple comments, which helps our algorithms and helps other people find us as a resource to support them. So thanks for tuning in, guys.
2: Bye.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast.